Yo, what's up, podcast listeners? This is another episode of Off Probation with Paul Calvani. And today I'm sitting here with a special guest, Richard. What's your last name? Moreno. Moreno. And I've known him for way too long to not know his last name, so I'm a piece of shit for that, and I apologize. (laughs) I feel like it's way easier, though, just because I use mine for my brand. Yeah, I remember. Your last name is all over. (laughs) But fuck me. We're going to hear to talk about you, and I have some shit written down. So, Richard. What's up? I love that. We're friends, and that this was so easy to come to. By the way, thank you. Yeah, this was for this doing good. this. It's gonna be easy. It's gonna be fun. This is probably gonna be gonna be one of the dope <laughs> interviews I have. Hopefully, right after this podcast. Hopefully, I'm what, just a normal guy, so we'll see. A normal guy that <laughs> currently sound engineers for Black. Yeah, I do uh, his live sound, his front of house live sound. Right. So like it. tour stuff. Mm-hmm. His tour stuff, all his shows, shows, all his festivals, every television appearance. Um, I don't necessarily mix the TV appearances, but I I approve of the mixes, and I sit in there with the engineers and make sure those are good. And um, yeah, so if anyone's ever seen one of his concerts, I'm the one that's making it sound the way it does. That's sick. Where do you usually like sit? Uh, right the in the middle of the sh- of the crowd, really? Yeah, the, yeah, right in the tech booth. I oh. guess is what they would so call it. But it's called front of house. They're usually in the middle of the crowd. Yeah, usually. Sometimes it's off to the left or right, but it's gonna be in the crowd. And then um, there's these people. They're called monitor engineers, and that's their job is to mix on stage for the artist. So. Are you guys in communication during yeah, the show? Yeah, always. Um, me and Black's monitor engineer, Chris Owens, all we do is talk shit the whole show. Like, <laughs> we're cussing each other out the whole show, basically. <laughs> but, um, so it's actually pretty interesting because um, I feel like monitor engineers have a harder job because they have to mix for the band and the artist so like everyone on stage has a different mix you know what i'm saying no what do you mean by that different mix so um they're using in-ear monitors or like wedges to hear themselves on stage uh basically speakers on stage tiny speakers like pointed at them yeah pointed at them and not every um musician wants to hear the same thing so like the drummer might just want to hear the vocalist guitar and himself so the monitor engineer basically has to do like seven different mixes where i basically just mix for the crowd interesting yeah i like it that's pretty sick <clears throat> mm-hmm. that's really tight chris owens he's a good dude yeah he's really good he used to mix for um the migos well yeah and then he came on with us and we're good friends so how long have you guys worked together now now it's been a year that he's been on with Black, so. Nice. But we met him two years ago because the Migos and Black actually did a tour in Australia two years ago in October. And you were on that tour? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Whoa. it was pretty cool. It was pretty fun. Fuck yeah. <clears throat> yeah. What's like touring? What's like? What's it like touring with other big artists? Like, are you guys all? 
kind of like at the end of the night do you guys all hang out or is it strictly professional like you barely even get to see like let's say like the Migos did you even get to see them at all no um so when you're like on tour doing support sometimes the artists will hang out with the supporting artists but at that point sometimes the crew doesn't hang out with them like for black it's different because we all started together like we all literally have been together um since the beginning of black's professional career and so we all hang out at the end of the night because we're like a family but when i was on tour with juice world recently finishing up the last um half of his tour it wasn't so much like that everyone kind of did their job and then you know separated that's how it is with the bigger camps i've noticed but you know like the artists will hang out that's what's up yeah that's interesting fuck yeah this is fucking juicy i like it um i kind of, that's sick like i'm glad we're starting to talk about this stuff because this is kind of more towards the end of what i wanted to talk about but we might as well just keep it going mm-hmm. and keep it organic what i i like right before this interview i was like fuck because you told me like all my questions were kind of basic and i you know i didn't want to ask obviously something that could like you couldn't even talk about at all so i was like fuck mm-hmm. it you know but I went on your Instagram right before it, and I was like, let me see if I can get some details. You know what I'm saying? So okay. then I was, like, realizing, like, oh, yeah, you went on tour with, you know, the other artists, too. Like, Chris Brown was one I saw. Mm-hmm. Ray Schmer, um, Sh- I don't know. Ray botch it. I don't want to botch it up on yeah. this fucking podcast, but, yeah. And, like, uh, you said Juice World, mm-hmm. And that was kind of funny, right? Like, because how did that happen? Did you ask me, or did I tell you that I had... That contact with Scheme? Oh, I asked you. How did you even know? Because I was doing... Let me think. I was doing monitors for uh, Juice and also Ski. Because they kind of had like... It wasn't necessarily technically considered a co-headliner. But I like to say it was because um, Juice World would take like a 30-minute intermission and Ski would come out. And do a set. So what I'd does be, that mean? Take a thirty minute. He would take just a little break. And oh, ski, in the middle of his set. In the set. middle of his set, and Ski would come out and do a set, which was fucking lit. But um, so I was doing monitors for that, and then I was like, "Oh shit, this is lit!" So then I got on Instagram, and I saw that you two were connected, and then I asked. During the show? Connection. No, uh, oh, like okay. later that night or whatever. That would have been wild but yeah, during was, the show. But yeah, Ski Mask's show is great. He's like a rock star. It's sick. Dude, fuck yeah. <clears throat> I, uh, yeah, that's awesome. But yeah, for like the Chris Brown and Ray Shrimmerd stuff, I wasn't, necess- I wasn't working for them. I was working for Black, and we were just all on the same tour. So the Ray Shrimmerd tour was actually with The Weeknd. That was That's so awesome. Yeah, that was Black Belly Ray Shrimmerd in the weekend. And do you do the sound for, for the crowd for all the people? Yeah, for everyone, <sighs> not all the artists, but just for Black. And then I yeah. do the sound for everyone here yeah. when I'm mixing. Like the weekend, right? 
did you do for his oh, uh, no, during no, his no. show? No, no, oh. I just worked for Black Strictly. My bad. Yeah. I don't know why I just got confused about that. Yeah, I was just like um, so hopeful because I'm hearing his vocals in my head right now. Oh no! And it's no, like I feel not... like it would sound so fire live, like controlling no, it kind of. It's actually like... Derek Brenner that mixes the weekend, and Derek Brenner is a great engineer. He uh, nice. used to mix for Bruno Mars. Interesting. And um, so. The weekend tour was actually pretty crazy because up until that point, we, as a group with Black, we had only done rooms up to like 500 capacity rooms. And then in April, we go on tour with The weekend, And um, I want to say this was April of 2017. And we started doing shows in January. So within three months, we're going on tour, opening for the weekend, and uh, doing like 10,000 to 14,000 seat rooms. And it was just kind of pretty So you went from 500 to 10,000? Yeah, to like having to just grow into doing these big basketball arena type rooms. (laughs) And it was just kind of surreal. Like we all just really had to grow really fast. And... uh, it was just a really cool experience, and Derek Brenner really made it easy for us to kind of make that tr- transition, especially me as a front of house engineer, like <clears throat> definitely being nervous walking into an arena and being like, whoa, like this is the big leagues now, and then just being able to ask Derek questions and him being cool about answering them and stuff, because like a lot of... uh engineers like it's still a competitive industry you know what i'm saying so a lot of them will just kind of mix their show or do their sound check and then walk away they won't stay for the whole show to make sure everything is good but Derek brenner was really good about that damn yeah. that's sick <clears throat> yeah so he was really cool. that's real as fuck and, like i still call him and ask him questions all the time so wow yep <clears throat> that's really dope mm-hmm. in an industry like that where it's competitive as fuck like you're saying Mm-hmm. having somebody that you can rely on yeah. true friend type shit mm-hmm. that's really dope what um being on tour with the weekend like um you were saying like you know earlier i guess the artist you don't hang out with the artists and all that stuff but i feel like did you see some craziness because like his music's super like about getting drugged up with fucking white girls and like having fun and going to parties you know what i'm saying i feel like it's like yeah. depressing too but like you know what i'm saying you already know like his vibe it's like yeah, going definitely. out and going getting with a lot of women and break making his heart hurt yeah. you know what i'm yeah, saying yeah, like but, um, that tour was actually really cool because everyone kind of ended up being family like as far as from abel's band up until Black's band, like everyone got really close. In Who's able? The weekend, sorry. Oh, that's his real name. Yeah. So from the weekend's band to Black's band, like everyone got real close, and the bands would hang out, and they would be in our dressing room. We'd be able to walk into their dressing room and say what's up, and we'd party together after. And um, they had this room called the XO room. And it was basically just like a big dressing room and they would put up pipe and drape and they would have couches in there after the show and it would be like a club kind of. Whoa. Yeah, it'd be like this big club and you would need a pass to get in. Like a, And like uh, everyone on the guest list would be hanging out there afterwards and stuff. It was just a pretty lit time. It was really fun. Fuck you yeah. know, just being able to 
go there and kick back after the show and just kind of have a couple of drinks and but it was like a little turned up it wasn't really a kickback it was more <laughs> of a turn up <laughs> do you think like every artist has something like that and that no, was just like the only one you were definitely not no? because we've done other big tours and there's nothing like the XO room or anything like that and he has that for all his shows you think it was at it was um every show on tour Maybe not every show that he does. Was the was tour. the tour called EXO Tour? No, it, this was the Starboy Tour. Gotcha. Yes. Just because I feel like EXO would be something to do with his music or something. Yeah, that's his uh, brand, I think. EXO is his label. Oh. Yeah. His label nice. and so he would like kind of, would he have anything with his label like sponsoring the yeah, event and Grey, stuff? I think it was Grey Goose that sponsored that. Actually, because at the time he had a promotion with Grey Goose and did like a couple commercials for them. Oh. But I think they were sponsoring that one. So it was pretty It was pretty fun being oh, yeah. on that tour. Dude, that is prime. Getting an alcohol sponsor. <laughs> Are you kidding me? There's this, I went to New York and there, um, a fashion show that was ran by this company called Kid Super. Have you ever heard of them? And they were sponsored. It's sponsored by Jaeger. Oh my gosh, dude. Okay. Free Jaeger all show. Are you kidding me? I was there just for that, practically. Yeah, a lot of the LVRN events, which is um, the label that Black is under, and right now they have a new artist, Summer Walker, that th- that is um, under them, and she just dropped a really good album. But anyways, the label LVRN, whenever they host events, they usually try to get like Jameson to uh, sponsor it, and it's pretty cool. But yeah, the alcohol sponsorships are kind of the way to go. Now that everyone's like adults and you know, <laughs> dude. I mean, there's nothing better than a party, and you see that it's sponsored by an alcohol company. Mm-hmm. Fucking, let's get back to the list of questions. What's your favorite alcohol? I like Jameson. I um, just like really Irish whiskey. I feel like every time I drink Jameson, my throat hurts after, like the next day. Uh, I don't know why. Not me. That was dope. <laughs> yeah, no, not a lot of people. Because I would, I would start drinking with Jimbo and stuff, you mm-hmm. know? Um, I guess, should we go off topic? Or is there something yeah, we whatever. can... Whatever you want to do, man. Oh, I saw you had brought your parents on tour, right? Or to a show? Yeah, they came to uh, the Fort Lauderdale show on the nice. weekend tour. How was that? And I think that might be the only show. Well, my mother actually comes to the ones up in the Northeast. Like, she's been to one in Connecticut mm-hmm. and one um, in Massachusetts. I bet they're fucking proud cool as fuck. Because she has family up there, so. Nice. Yeah, she gets she... up there and visits and then comes to some of the shows. And... Yeah, Yeah, she perfect. came to the tour that when Black was on tour with Chris Brown. Uh-huh. She came to that one in Massachusetts. Hell yeah. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Did you get to uh, meet Chris Brown? Um, it was actually really cool because the first day of the sh- of the tour, this was the only time that I think I saw him other than when he was on stage. But the first day of the tour, we were all sitting in the dressing room and he just comes in and he says what's up to everyone in the room. And just talks to Black and says, like, he's happy that we were, we were able to be there and make it. And then he just dipped out. But not a lot of artists do that. Yeah. So it was really cool that he came in and shook everyone's hand and said what's up. And then, you know, spoke to Black 
That's real as fuck. Yeah. <clears throat> that dude's like, I mean, I don't really listen to his music, but he's been a legend since I've been in elementary school. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> it's pretty crazy because he started out really young. Yeah. So he's definitely just kind of been relevant for as long as we've been growing up, at least. You Almost know? like a Disney Channel kid. Yeah, like, and he fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> but he got like redemption. He redeemed himself actually a lot better than all those other ones. And you focus on questions while I roll this up. Oh yeah, what about what's up with you being on Jimmy Kimmel? Or were you behind it? Or behind the scenes where Black was on Jimmy Kimmel? Okay, so actually I was I I was on the Kimmel performance, which is funny because I'm never on any of the TV performances. Black has done three TV performances. One of them was on the Colbert, and this was when he first started. He did Problems. The next one was on... Oh, no, that wasn't Colbert. It was Corden. I'm sorry. He did Problems on Corden. That was the first one. The next one was Colbert. He did Free, and that was after he had cut his hair. And then the last one we just did um, almost a year ago was, I think it was Kimmel, and he did Pretty Little Fears, the song with J. Cole. And I actually was an extra in that video. If you watch in the, the music video, video? Yes, dude. <laughs> it's so funny. If you yes. watch the video, and I'm never on the videos, but if you watch this video, you'll see me on the bus. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's, it's so funny we need to see that because um, damn, I got the Roku set up. We could see it right <laughs> put now. Put it on if you want, but it's really good because uh, I wish we could just voice it because it's gonna be a fucking minute to type it in. I'd rather us just keep yeah, talking. Yeah. You can show me later. Let's just keep talking, but um, that is hilarious, though. They came up. They were like, "We need another extra on the bus," <laughs> and I was like, "All right, I'm down." I was, like, yeah. I, I was like, "But," and then the next thing I said, I was like, "Do I get paid though?" <laughs> and then they were like, "Yeah, you do." I was like, "Okay." Good. Yeah. <laughs> fuck yeah. yeah I, dude. I probably wouldn't have done it if I didn't get paid. True that. I mean, <laughs> everyone else is getting paid. Yeah. So. There's just something about uh chatting with people and everybody got paid and you uh didn't get paid there's there's just something about that that <laughs> it doesn't work it's like oh you got paid wait you got paid how much a hundred i think that I, might I be, could use a hundred bucks yeah i think that's one of my favorite tv performances that he did though that's amazing because um they got some really good shots like they got a great shot of slim looking out the window slim's the keyboard player mm-hmm. and um and they actually had this dancer. They hired a dancer to dance with Black. Her name's Neza. And it's a funny story because Black studio engineer JT, he comes to all the shows because he also works on stage. He does the playback tech for his shows. So um, he basically runs the Pro Tools and stuff that's going on at the shows. Mm-hmm. But Neza and JT actually went to uh, high school together up in san francisco and then they ended up working together for black on this show and it's actually really cool because they were both i think voted to get most likely to be famous and then they ended up working together on a show it's just really cool Damn, how small yeah. of like 
how small the industry is and really how full circle everything comes like if you just work hard you're definitely going to be running into the people that you basically started with you know that's what's up Mm -hmm. that's beautiful and damn you know me and sean and um i'm trying to get sean to move back here yeah you know I think about he's that? doing good in Orlando, though. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> Are we about to de- uh, debate about this? I think uh, he's doing good in Orlando, man. Why? What? There's no scene for Sean down here. There's just no scene for his music career down here. Absolutely not. Orlando's the city for Sean, in Florida at least. If he wants to go out of this... Date. There's a ton of other cities that will embrace his like the style lyrical. of music and everything way more than Orlando, possibly even. But right now, I feel like you know. But no do you one think even Orlando is, is like dope though? Like I, I mean, I dope. I think how many people pull up to those shows? It's not like I think it's dope enough to make a career and a living. Not like so much a famous type career or anything like that, but it's definitely. But fuck I feel like a fucking has so general many... career. Fuck yeah, that shit, dude. Orlando... Especially if you're the artist, mm-hmm. like, you know what I'm saying? Like he's the main artist. Like he's trying to get on that level of what any the main artist is. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like you have to be famous. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Definitely. I I've told him to sell out. Honestly, I've told Sean. I'm like, listen, bro, like, you know you can write music. You know you can rap. I, mean, I think you know I secretly that's what it's going to happen if he move, him, moves back here. And I've told I him can before. get him to make other type of music, too. <laughs> I've told him, I'm like, listen, man, just sell out. Just make a trap record. Like, just see what it is. See what it feels like. See if you can have fun with it. Like, or not even a trap record. Just make something. More fun. Uh, something a not so more, serious. Something a not so depressing. It's not even depressing because his music's not. It's depressing. not depressing. Really you know what I'm saying? Like, like super deep. Yeah, but like very conscious. Yeah, like I mean, turn the conscious off a little. I bit. told him to try <laughs> making something fun, and then it'll probably take off exponentially. But um, I don't know. Until he does that, it's just gonna stay like how it is. Like maybe. Maybe. We don't Maybe know. Not, because but he's got this new band that he's working on and we're just the opinion. audible parts and accessories and that's really cool. Yeah. I haven't actually heard it yet. He sent me like a couple uh, things and it's really fun actually. But um, like I said, I just want I want him to sell out just for just for my fun. I want I <laughs> like I always tell him I'm like I work for all these artists, bro. <laughs> But I want to work for you. Dude, he's got to pull a J. Cole and, like, hype up himself and then be like, oh, wait, actually, I got dreads. I'm conscious. No, but, like, I always tell him, I'm like, dude, I work for all these artists and I really just want to work for you. So hurry up and get famous for me because you're the one that I really want to work full time for. Um, But I do feel Orlando's the spot for him. I wouldn't take that away from him, especially if he wants to keep making the music that he's been making. All right, so what, like, let's keep talking about this, though, this music selling out. How can he sell out but remain dope enough to where it's not selling out? Like, okay, like, I don't actually, I haven't listened too much of Black's music. I have heard some of it. I like it. It's hype. But I'm sure it's also semi-conscious, right? It's all conscious, really. It's really good music, and it's hype isn't even the way to put it. Some songs are hype. Yeah. 
It's R&B, though. Interesting. Yeah, it's really good music, and the content is great. His songwriting is great. Um, but I think there's a way, and I guess at that point it's not called selling out if you stay true to yourself, but there's a way to make a new sound. There's this new sound out, and it's good music, you know? <clears throat> Like, I like the trap sound. There's this, like, I like the young thug sound. Yeah. You know, Roddy Rich, this young man, young artist, he's fucking killing it right Rod now. Rod Wave, what about him? I don't know if I've heard him, actually. Dude, he's sick. But, like, artists like Young Thug and Roddy Rich, they have good content behind their music. You know what I'm saying? I like Young Thug. And I think, uh,. So I think there is a way to get the popular sound, but still keep the content. And even J. Cole now, the stuff he's been putting out, like on the Dreamville Revenge of the Dreamers 3 album, he's got a good popular sound, you know what I'm saying? But it's still good music, you know, with great content in it and good lyricism. So there's definitely a way to do it without it being selling out and without it staying true, like with it staying true to yourself. There's, there's like a formula behind that. You know what I'm saying? <clears throat> yeah, I mean that's it. Wouldn't be easy. It's not supposed to be easy. So, you yeah, know what I'm saying? It, if it was easy, everyone would be doing it. For of course. And like this music shit, it's not easy. Like everyone that's famous is there for a reason. You know what I'm saying? Like. I always hear people that don't work in the entertainment industry say the term, use the like the term along the lines of, I don't know why they're famous. They're famous because they worked their ass off to get famous, like, and they're consistent. Like, nothing changed about that. Whether If you don't like the content, that's on you. But they're famous because they're talented. Someone saw that. Someone put them in the right place and made the right moves for them, and then they took it to their advantage and got famous you know there's no there's really no handouts it's as simple as that so yeah (laughs) that was amazing yeah how um what was your transition like from going from just doing like jcb shows to now you're doing fucking shows for black and juice world and weekend what was the transition to that like? Um, it was actually pretty interesting because I didn't just transition from doing the small JCB shows. Um, for the people, the listeners that don't know, JCB is the crew that we all basically started with. Sean, Jimbo, me, Paul was in there, Calvani. Um <clears throat> And it was Jimmy Crow Blue. So we used to host shows and house parties. And these house parties got pretty lit, actually. (laughs) And it was pretty funny because I I didn't really understand that I was being a systems tech at the time. So a systems tech is the person at the big concerts that flies the PA system. So they fly the speaker system and they design it and everything. So at the time when we were throwing these house parties, I would have different guitar like different guitar amplifiers one would be for the sound like for the 
music and then one would be for the microphone and I would be mixing the two on two different guitar amps for these shows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, going uh, all in. Yeah, it was just actually really funny to look back on that because I didn't even realize what I was doing. Yeah, being um, so extra. Yeah, and then, and then I actually finished college in Orlando at Full Sail and um when you moved to Orlando did that kind of like change you working with JCB that actually started it so yeah when I moved to Orlando that started me working with JCB oh and then I finished college and then moved to Fort Lauderdale I had gotten a job at Hard Rock Seminole Hard Rock Casino in Fort Lauderdale doing AV there, audiovisual, and that's what kicked me off to doing the bigger shows, was I learned basically how it happened and everything from working at Hard Rock, and I got in some pretty fucked situations working at Hard Rock too, but um, Please, I, but I would learned. Would you care to share? Um, you know what, it happened, and the people that weren't involved, that were involved don't work there anymore. So I think I can speak on it. Yes. Um, but either way, I love the people. Everyone that I worked with there and everyone that I worked for, I love. Hell yeah. Because they put me in situations where I learned how to basically swim. It's Seriously, when it comes down to this, this uh, show life, it's sink or swim sometimes. Like, you might not have enough of the equipment you need, and you got to figure out how to get it done. And they put me in some situations where I had to figure out how to just get the shows done. Like, sometimes they would book too many shows and not notice that they had enough equipment. And then there'd be, like, a pop-up event in the casino that we would have to go set up. And we would just be scrambling trying to make it happen. So I'm thankful that I got the experience I did there because I wouldn't have made it in the concert industry. You know what I'm saying? But, um... So, yeah. <laughs> That's but, awesome. Yeah, but, like, speaking on... Because, like, you dealt with way more shit at that place, with way more unorganized people, you think? Uh, I think they were organized. There was just so much going on and not enough employees at the time. And also, they, um... My bosses had... This is what I like the fuck situations that they had got me into, and actually one of the reasons why I quit. And I didn't, they don't know this, but uh, my bosses had their own side jobs. Like they had their own side company doing entertainment production. So they would have me clock in working for the hard rock and then go do their gigs and then come and clock out. You know what I'm saying? So, like, they had that going on for a little bit, and then, and then I was just like, yeah, okay, this is fucked. So, <laughs> so like, the, the drawing, like, what really drew the line and what made me fucking end it was there's this event, a, um, a Caribbean event called Carnival, and they also would do events for that. So they had this Carnival event. They had me clock in. And then go take apart this truss at this carnival event, which is basically labor, like hard labor, and people hire stagehands to do that stuff. You know what I'm saying? So they sent me to go do that, and I get on the phone, and I'm just like, I get on the phone, 
with this other production company and I'm just like, hey, are you guys hiring? And they're just like, you? Yes. And I'm just like, okay, good. I'm starting to... And then I drive back to the goddamn fucking warehouse and I look at my bosses and I'm just like, yeah, I quit, guys. <laughs> I'm just like, I, this is my two weeks. Like, I'm done. Yeah. And they don't know that that's why. They think it's because... I told them it's because they were holding me back, which they were, because they weren't... From, from yeah, yeah, from they would, that other job. Yeah, like, they were holding me back. Shit, they would have wasted your time, bro. You're not a stagehand. <laughs> yeah. You got to keep these hands pristine. No, but, like, I mean, I, that's how I started with stagehand work. And shout out oh, to yeah, of course. Yeah, they, but they, you know they, what I'm saying. Yeah, they make it happen, bro. Well, They're that's what's up, that, actually. Like, I don't know. Yeah, the stagehands are the ones that actually are the unspoken heroes of this hey, shit. Hey, word. Because... I'm, I apologize. <laughs> I didn't mean to say anything bad about stagehands. <laughs> But Fuck. but they do like you know yeah. they the work they do is really hard like you got to start at the bottom everywhere yeah exactly I mean you know what I'm saying I'm just talking shit like I know <laughs> yeah. what it's like to fucking yeah definitely clean shit you know what I'm saying like I've mm-hmm. started like from nothing like straight up so that's what's up you started as a stagehand mm-hmm. when was that it was that at the rock at the hard rock? hard rock no this was before the hard rock. Um... I started as a stagehand, like, unloading the trucks and building stages and uh, building trusts. I would do shows like the Latin Grammys in Miami and stuff like that. Like, these big, hard shows. And it's like construction work. It really is. It's some of, it's some of the hardest work I've ever done. And you're working with some of the most hardworking people sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Like, there's, like, I like, my favorite thing is being on tour now and being the person that the stagehands work under is seeing which cities offer the best stagehands. Because some cities offer, like, you know, the slacker stagehands. There's different kinds of stagehands, man. And you got to know how they work and you got to see how they work. And it's really interesting because there's a technique to actually picking up on, like, figuring out which ones will do what within like 30 minutes because you have to get the show set up within a few hours and you don't know which stagehands you're getting until you get to the show and sometimes there's people that are hard workers and they'll do exactly what you say even better than the way that you would expect it done and they're like they're trying to impress you and they because they want to get on the road you know what i'm saying and then the, you can tell there's people there. They got trying. ambition. Yeah. They're amateurs, but yep. they're still, like, working harder. Mm-hmm. And then there's other stagehands that work hard, but they're not trying to tour. They just want to be stagehands, which is really cool. Exactly. Chilling. Yep. And then there's also other stagehands that you can tell are just there because it pays well and it's just hard work. And, you know. They're so the they're ones just... that are getting... They're leaving. The old <laughs> pros. The forgottens. And then, and then those are normally the younger kids, actually. And then there's other stagehands that really just kind of... They'll, they'll half do one job and then move to another <laughs> job and half do that and then move to another. And those are the ones you have to point out. Yeah. And kind you gotta of watch like, out for those fuckers. And not watch out for them, but you just got to know how to delegate them like these, these other tasks that don't take so much time. And then just be like, okay, here, help me with this. All right, now go help them with that. You know what I'm saying? 
there's people that work really well together in this industry and then there's people that work really good alone together and when you have them working when you don't know how to like see exactly where things could go wrong yeah within people's personalities and within the way people don't want to help each other then someone can get hurt seriously hurt like people die setting up these concerts you know what i'm saying no i don't know what yeah, you're saying and like people actually not often it's not often at all but people do die setting up these concerts when there's a mistake and then if mistakes are made during the setup people die like if a stage collapses people die you know what i'm saying you know i went under the three-point stage and I fucking sorry to be off topic because that's epic. And <laughs> I I kind of felt like the stage might collapse, and I feel myself. Oh no, it probably won't collapse. <laughs> but, but okay, but continue, like people, continue. But people do make mistakes, man. Holy and, shit! And, like people's lives are at stake. Like if a truss isn't hung right, and a motor gives out or something, you know. Or no, like I don't know. What does someone, that mean? What's a truss? In so a, a truss is what lights are hanging on and you can hang PA on a truss it's the big metal structure it's like the metal pipes that you see that dude that's like some final fantasy and, shit dude and the this shit happens falling? bro like not like even yeah if a light falls so there's a thing called a safety that wraps around the light to the truss <clears throat> and that's not what holds it down a clamp holds it down and then a safety wraps around it in case the clamp gives out the safety catches it but if you have a stagehand that doesn't put the safety on and that thing falls on someone's head, you're not living. That's a heavy light falling from at least 50 feet. You know what I'm saying? And not even something like not even something like that. There's like bigger situations like with smaller pieces. Like if someone puts a shackle on wrong, which is basically smaller, it's as big as the palm of my hand, a shackle, but they hold thousands of pounds of weight up against your, up against, like, above your head. Um, if someone puts a shackle on wrong and that comes loose, then the whole thing's going down. You know what I'm saying? So, it's really just, like... The that's, whole stage? Not the whole stage, or the but whole the, light whole, thing? the whole lighting structure. Oh, God. And that's why I say um, that stagehands are really the unspoken heroes of all this because they, they're the ones that are... Um, they're the ones like putting the shackles on, but it's the rigger's job to go through through and double check. It's it ultimately comes down to the people telling the stagehands what to do, like me, the front of house engineer, or like the rigger or the lighting designer. It comes down to us to double check their work, but they're but without them, we wouldn't be able to get the job done. You know what I'm saying? <clears throat> wow, not expecting me fucking get into that. Like that's crazy. Yeah, I mean, you never it's a seen, dangerous job, man. You ever seen that happen? Um, I've never seen anyone pass away, thank God. I've definitely seen people get injured. Yeah, like and from tr- falling? Not from anything falling, just from, like, stupid things, like not paying attention where they're, where they're walking. True that. And, like, you know, but um, even I have. I've fallen off of a stage before just being in a rush, and I almost actually... Lost my finger one day in a truck. Holy shit. Yeah, and I'm I'm happy that... Oh, that makes me shiver. It's crazy. I was... This was on the Free Black Tour. This was Black's first... um, First tour. Like, big headlining tour. After the weekend tour. And, um... 
and we, uh, so I was in the truck trying to get a piece of gear out of the truck and there's this big set cart that weighed like, I want to say it weighed 800 pounds, maybe more. And, um, I was trying to move something out of the way. This would have been my fault if I did lose my finger because I was in there alone. I shouldn't have been in there moving anything alone. Like, that's not something that you do because you could get injured. So looking back at it, it would have been my fault. And I was moving it, and it just started... The truck was on an incline, and it just started rolling towards my hand, and my hand got caught. And it actually... Here, let me show you the ring that I'm wearing right now. Because... Because it actually, if I didn't have this ring on, I would have lost my finger. Look at, like, the oh ring is broken. My God. The ring was never broken or bent. The ring is broken now. That's like some <clears throat> shit, like, it's the cr- book in your pocket stops the bullet, dude. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. Are you kidding me? Dude, it's, 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 really, it's really crazy that it worked out that way. And it's funny because I always have my rings on, right? And I was in a rush that morning for loading i think we had gotten there to the venue late so i was already in a rush i didn't have my rings on for the first half of loading and then sometimes during like during loading i'll see that there's time to take a break so i'll go to the bus and just hang out for a few minutes Mm -hmm. i went to the bus and i saw my rings on my in my bunk and i was just like um i was like oh let me just put these on real quick but i almost didn't put them on and i put them on and then I ended up, like I said, having to go unload the truck or get something off the truck. And that happened. And so my hand is getting there crushed. The ring is the only thing stopping my finger from getting crushed. And I'm screaming. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not screaming like in panic because I didn't realize how serious it was because the ring was literally holding the weight off of me. So I didn't feel any pressure or anything. I just knew that I was stuck and I couldn't get out. That's it. I just, I didn't Fuck, feel any dude. pressure. And I didn't notice how, like, I didn't notice that I almost lost my finger until that night. After the show, I go on the bus and I go to take my rings off and I couldn't get this one off. And I'm like, wait a second, why can't I get this ring off? And and then I finally got it off after a few minutes and I look at it and I'm like, holy crap, dude, I really could have lost my finger. <sighs> and that's just, that would have been 100% my fault oh, for not paying attention and not, you know, having someone with me. And, um, you know, every time someone gets hurt um, in this job, it's someone's fault. It's either like, it's either your fault for not paying attention or someone else's fault for not paying attention and doing their job right. And that's it. That's the only way accidents really happen, I think, on this job is from people not doing it right. You know? I mean, there are things where like power gets tripped up or, you know, and if you're in a crappy venue like overseas or something where that'll happen. But, um, you know, when, when someone gets hurt, I think it's always either your fault or someone else's fault. That's interesting. Yeah. And that's really like a good, I feel like that's every, everything almost. Mm-hmm. It's like with driving, like with me getting my DUI, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> kind of like some, like people getting hurt, like, you know, it's mm-hmm. crazy, dude. 
Thank goodness you have your finger, bro. Thank goodness for rings, dude. Dude, it was a close Shout out to rings. What? <laughs> Shout the out to fuck? rings. It was a close one, man. Oh, goddamn. <laughs> Let's go back to the list. What uh where did you get those rings actually? Fuck it. Those are beautiful, by the way. I love the colors and shit. Thank you. I I would be proud to have some rings like that. Yeah. Where'd so, you get those? Um <laughs> this one is actually my grandfather's old ring. Wow. That's mm-hmm. awesome. And your his, your grandpa had style. Yeah, and it's his initials. He did have style, I heard. I didn't wait him. Are those real diamonds? Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, everything, shit. That, everything my grandfather wore was real, man. Damn! I never, I never met That's him. That's badass. It's pretty crazy, actually. I never met him, but I've heard stories about him. And I don't really necessarily want to speak on many of the stories I've heard about him. Whoa. Hell yeah. But, um... But like, all I all I know is he dressed really well, and everything he wore was real. He was a badass motherfucker. I, huh? That's yeah. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, so that was his ring that my mom actually gave to me last year on Christmas. So wow. Yep. And then that's so badass, I, dude. Yeah, I love it. And then this ring is an opal. This is the one that actually saved my finger. I got this one, like, I want to say six years ago on That's Etsy. so beautiful. It was a gift, and I, and the person that gave it to me got it on Etsy. This MF Doom ring is from Rhymesayers.com. They don't make them anymore. Hell it was, yeah. like, a limited time. That's bad. Yeah, that was a gift, too. This turquoise ring was a gift from my girlfriend, Ray, after... The uh the first black tour she got me a gift and the ring actually has like um a bear claw. So That's that awesome. was a gift after the first black tour that I did. Do you like bears? Well, uh black his thing is like the bear. So she got this as a gift after that. It was a Christmas gift. That's exciting. And I got this one recently when I just finished up the Juice World tour. The last show was in Oklahoma. And there's um, a big native population in Oklahoma because that's where uh, America made all the native reservations and they sent all the tribes basically to Oklahoma. So I went to a store and I picked up a ring. Interesting. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that. Yep. So when I worked at Hard Rock, this is something not a lot of people know, but every Hard Rock in the world except for Vegas and the one in Universal is owned by the um, Seminole Tribe of Florida. Wow. Yeah, so when I was working for Hard Rock, I was basically working for the Seminole Tribe of Florida and I was doing a lot of their events. So I learned a lot about um, a lot about like, you know, Native history, just working their events and stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. What did you find? Um, anything like that stuck out to you that you don't think people maybe would know? Um, a lot of people don't know that the uh, Seminole Tribe of Florida is actually considered unconquered because they say that they didn't sign a treaty. Wow. Mm-hmm. So that's a little fact that I picked up. but I'm sure they're proud about that shit. Yeah. 
What, um... I've been to a casino one time. I thought it's so funny because I feel like they try to make it look so glamorous. Mm-hmm. But then when you go in there, it's just like so <laughs> depressing, dude. Are you kidding me? Everybody's just like I think you're really slapping the fucking thing about the button. No facial expression <laughs> at all. De- I think it depends on the timing. Because like if you go during the day, you're going to get like, you, especially the casinos in South Florida. If you go like, you know, middle of the day on a Monday or Tuesday at like... 11 a.m., you're just going to get the old retirees sitting there. You know what I'm saying? Like, old great-grandmas sitting there in front of the... I'm sure that they scheduled the whole fucking... The whole community, the the retirement community to go on a bus. actually, that does make sense. But, yeah, and then... (laughs) But if, like... If you go, like, on a Friday or Saturday night and it's packed, it's actually, like, pretty exciting... Because you'll hear, like, one table go, oh, oh yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Weird, like, hell yeah. But, um, but, yeah, I do feel you on that. They do try to make casinos look super glamorous, and then when you walk through them, sometimes they're just like, It's oh, like, oh, wait, man. anybody can actually come in here. <laughs> yeah. It's not just, so glamorous. Yeah, you're just like, oh, well, this is whatever. But I was just in Vegas um, last month. Or, no, actually, geez, it's December now, so I was just in Vegas at the end of October, and I I was, like, in my friend's room, we all got pretty drunk, and then I left to go back to my hotel room, and I was walking through the, ho- through the casino with my girlfriend, and I was just, like, I looked at all the games, and all the lights were flashing, and I was like, oh, I want to play games. <laughs> <laughs> Like, you know, all those flashing Dude, lights. Dude, it's really crazy how me, like, many different types of games they have. Yeah. And they're all doing the same thing, but it's like, <laughs> one's with the dragon on it, one's with the fucking... And as racist as it sounds, the Asian people are playing the Asian games. <laughs> well, yeah, like, because the fucking, we don't know how to play the Asian games. Well, but they're all the same. Like, no, what I'm saying is, like, even if it's just, like, one of the ones where you just hit the button... And you either get it or you don't, you know? Like, uh, super like simple slot computer machine. slot machines. Yeah. If they're themed, yeah, well, the Asian style, like, they have, like, a geisha on it or a dragon or, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I've never noticed that, but dude, everything definitely has a market. That is I where think. I fuck. That's what I noticed. Yeah, I, I never noticed anything like that, but <laughs> I do know that everything has a market and everything has a targeted audience. Yeah. Everything. Even For sure. casino games have a targeted Straight audience, up. you know? Straight up. So that probably is your targeted audience, maybe. 100% that's what it is. But it's just, it was wild to me because there's so many machines. Yeah, there's so many. And they make the casinos so hard to get out of. Like, if you get... That's they, interesting. They don't make them easy to get out of. Yeah. They make the exits far away and, like... You know, once you're in, it's kind of hard to find the exit. They just want you stuck in there. <laughs> Does it run 24-7? Yes. Holy shit. Yep. I'm at, I wonder how many people pass out in that bitch. Oh, man. I'm sure you get woken up right away <laughs> <laughs> by security. Just <laughs> like, one more time. Falling asleep. Losing all your money. I literally, I spent 40 bucks. I made 
40. I had it was up 40. And then I lost. And then you 40. lost it. Yeah. That's how it went. I just was like, I'll cut my losses here. I think I did pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't lose anything. Nice. Yo, dude. This has been a really dope interview. We're pretty much almost at an hour. Oh, nice. nice. So why don't we just end it here and start plugging our shit? Plug your uh, your Instagram right, if you cool, want. Cool, yeah. My or maybe if you want to say something else, like, is there anything else? I had some more questions. Yeah, if we have time, let's. We see do. If we can answer them real. We fast. do. How do you know Jordan sucks? Jordan sucks. I know him from high school. I feel like I knew him before high school, though. I feel like I met him. Oh my god, it's so funny how I met Jordan sucks actually. So. I was in eighth grade, he was in ninth grade at the time, and I met him um, at a Damien Marley concert, it was at Sunfest, actually. Oh, and shit! He, it's so funny, Damien Marley was playing, What? and I was sitting there with my friends, and we were rolling up, we were just rolling a joint, fucking little kids, bro, eighth grade, I look at eighth graders now, and I'm like, jeez. <laughs> if I if I saw an eighth grader rolling up, I'd be like, Jesus Christ, this kid's young. But anyways, we were rolling a joint at the Beaver right. Marley set at Sunfest, and him and his friend walk up and they ask if we want to match up, and we're just like, okay, yeah, and that's how I met him, and then we ended up, I ended up going to Gardens, and then that is then so became, nuts. And then we became friends. Is that how Gardens. you became friends with Sean and all of them through him? No. Actually, the way I became friends with Sean was um, this girl Jade would throw parties and you would go to those parties. I've been too. there. I've been at one. Yeah, you'd go to a few. I was so young. I know. You'd all, you'd be in a cast. <laughs> I had a cast. <laughs> Such bullshit. You were always in a cast. Such bullshit. Fuck. She would throw parties and Sean would go there and him and I would freestyle together. And that's how I know Sean. That's badass. Yeah. That's so awesome. Mm-hmm. It's so amazing how good Jordan's doing. Yeah, he's how... doing good. It's really funny because he's a professional painter now. I know, and I remember right? when he started painting and I thought it was just like a little phase. I was like, Oh, it's like I was like, Oh, he's just <laughs> he's just like, you know, writing graffiti just to That's like, crazy. You know, I didn't like this was when he first started and then a couple months into it i saw that he was serious about writing graffiti and then now he's a fucking professional artist making a living you know so it's just really funny how things like that work out i love it like i said how full circle everything is and really how full circle just working hard comes you know i feel so blessed yeah, we have a great, like, circle of talented individuals. And we can trust, I don't know, like, the homies. The homies we can trust. Yeah, like, we have homies we can trust for sure. We are, me and Sean were talking about it in his interview. Like, he was just like, damn, like, when I tell people that I'm still friends with the same people for this for 12 years, and they're just like, Want some of the only people in my life that I care, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. friend wise, it's like people, other people don't have that. Mm-hmm. 
got any other questions while we have a minute or two? Or? I was going to ask you how you met Bamboon as well, and since you, because you worked with him for a little bit. Oh, I met him through Jordan. <coughs> nice. Yeah, so back when we were doing JCB and I was producing, Bamboon had just started producing, and he would ask me questions about it, and then he'd, and then he'd even find a song sometimes for us to sample like we would get a song and we'd each sample it and see how it would come out and he'd even be like damn your beats are so sick and now he's killing it like he's his killing beats it are too. way sicker than anything i could have <laughs> ever thought i would make and like he's he's doing really yeah awesome like stuff. he's making a living making beats now and that's really fucking cool so like i said we just have a really good like talented circle of people and it just kind of worked out in everyone's favor, even with you making clothes, you know? Like, I, I was thinking about it the other day. I don't think any of my friends have a real job. Hell yeah. You know? I, I, that's <laughs> the only people I want to surround myself like, with, straight up. I don't think any up. of my friends have a nine Because it's like, it's literally... That's in this circle of, you know, yeah. in our circle, at least. Yeah, no, straight <clears> up. Yeah. It's so amazing. Yeah, shout out to uh, everything that is to come. Shout out to everything that's coming right now. Want to plug your Instagram? Yeah, let me uh, look at what it is. I, don't I was going to ask you, by the way, how you came up with that name. Oh, Gunpowder? I got it at Hard Rock. Um, yeah, just it's just a nickname from Hard Rock. Nice. Yeah, but, yep. Gunpowder underscore three, spelled out dot six. It'll be written down. Yeah, it'll be written down. So, but um, three dot six in the comments. Anything like personal music you have coming out? Or are you just focused on black yeah. stuff? Anything you want to sh- plug for black? Um. All I know is that there's talks of album three, and he says it's going to be his best album. So that's all, I, that's all I've heard so far that I can speak on album three. Thank you so much for doing this, dude. I dude, think it was awesome. Thank you for having me. It was a good conversation. It was fun. Oh, yeah. All right. Peace out, guys. All right.